Welcome back to Becoming Your Best Version, a podcast in which I get to interview inspiring women about their lives, their work, and how they become their best version. Today, we have Dr. Andrea Wilkinson. She is a brain health expert in Canada, and she helps people find focus, mental clarity, and calm through a better understanding of how the body works. She has a PhD in psychology and has been researching brain health, wellness, and mental resilience for the last 20 years. In 2014, she founded brainshape.ca, a platform for adults who want to optimize their mental vibrancy and physical energy. Dr. Andrea is also the host of the Brainshape podcast, a weekly show that covers the best and latest brain health research and shares tips on how to feel your best. Check out brainshape.ca for more information. And that website is also in the show notes if you didn't write that down. Welcome, Andrea. Hi, Maria. How are you? I'm well. I'm so excited to have you here today. I mean, down here in DC, it maybe is as cold as it is up in Toronto. <laughs> Probably. It might even be colder here. Uh, it's definitely freezing outside. <laughs> so you empower aging adults to take control of our lives and you teach us how to elevate our mental and physical vibrancy. So What are some ways that you do that? I know it's not a one size fits all, but what are maybe some examples of how you do that? Yes. And so what I teach is about lifestyle change and modification. And I think when people first hear about sort of the the key takeaways that I, I lead people through, you know, we talk about moving your body every day, sleeping well, reducing stress. Um, managing your overwhelm and, and people hear that, you know, and they say, of course, they, they know they need to sleep well and eat well and, and, and move their body and, and not be stressed out. But the difficulty is that we don't know how to actually implement that in their lives. So, so many people that I talk to say, I know I need to sleep better, but I just can't sleep. So there's nothing I can do about it. And that mindset, there's nothing I can do about it, is sort of where I want to help guide people into their own empowerment, where they get to realize that the choices they make every day, the small little actions that they take, make a difference and can help them sleep better and manage stress and and feel better in their body. Because this whole notion of this is just the way that it has always been in my life and there's nothing to do about it. There's nothing I can do. It might work for other people, but not for me. That's where I want to sort of shift the mindset and shift the conversation for people. Wow. Super important work. And I have read that if you don't continue to challenge your brain and learn new things that it sort of starts atrophying. Is that correct? Well, our brain naturally starts to shrink as we get older. And this is a part of normal aging. So it's not um, something that is just associated with Alzheimer's disease and dementia. And so it's really important for me to 
distinguish normal aging, natural aging from aging that's more of a, a pathology. So more associated with the Alzheimer's disease and dementia. And so I want all the listeners to know that they are distinct and different. Meaning if you age naturally and normally, you're not gonna have the same brain changes that are associated with dementia and Alzheimer's disease. But that being said, there are natural um, changes that happen in the brain as we get older. And so for example, the hippocampus, which is the part of our brain that's responsible for learning and memory, it starts to shrink at about 1%, 1 to 2% per year after the age of 60. And this is found in normal aging. And so what we can do in challenging ourselves is help maintain the integrity and the density of the wiring in our brain. Um, but when I talk about challenging our mind, it's important for the listeners to realize that what challenges us is very unique and distinct to each and every one of us. And it, it's sort of this ever changing dynamic sort of goalpost because you know, what challenges you today is a lot different than what challenged you two years ago or five years ago. And so because our brain sort of is plastic and, 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 and can become more densely wired, when we learn a skill set, it becomes easier for us. And so when we talk about challenging our mind, it's really important for people to know that it's not, you know, this finite list of things like learn a new language, play the guitar, do a crossword puzzle. You know, mm -hmm. I read that all the time in newspaper articles and it's not that those things are wrong. It's not that they're bad for you. If you enjoy doing them, that's great. But what I want people to know is there isn't a list of things you should do to challenge your mind. I personally don't want to play guitar. So if I just pick up a guitar and I strum the strings every Saturday and I'm like, well, this article said it was good for my brain. So here I am just strumming these strings, <laughs> that's not going to actually do anything for my brain. Because right. one, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not challenging myself because I'm not fully engaged in it. But also playing music is going to be different depending on the person's current skill set. So my partner, for example, is a guitar player. He writes music. And so for him, if he were just to play, you know, some chords on the guitar, that's not going to challenge him. But if the challenge for him was write a new song every Saturday afternoon, that's within his skill set, within his um, ability levels, but it's also going to challenge him because he's doing one song every afternoon. But it isn't sort of this item list on our challenge yourself, you know, pick up a guitar and learn how to write a song every afternoon, because each and every one of us are unique individuals with different skill sets. And when we challenge ourselves, we have to look at our existing skill sets, our existing abilities, and then sort of ever so slightly get a little bit outside of our comfort zone so that we're stretching ourselves. Um, and, and it feels a little bit difficult, but it also can't be too much outside of our comfort zone because then we won't be able to do it and we'll give up before mm -hmm. any sort of neural changes take place. Yeah, that's so valuable. I also have read those articles about how I should be learning a new language and doing crossword puzzles, etc. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I'm thankful to hear your message and how how individuals can determine the proper ways 
to keep vibrant and keep their brain healthy. So how do you figure out what an individual might need? So in my process, I actually just will get on a Zoom call with someone and, and talk to them and learn about who they are as a person and what it is that they like to do and how they like to spend their time. And so through these conversations that I have with people, it, it becomes very quickly obvious what they do in their everyday lives that they enjoy, that is meaningful to them. And then looking at, you know, so for example, if I talk to someone and they say that they love to write, they want to spend more time in their creative writing pursuits, but they have this very busy life. And so they, they never find the time to actually dedicate to their writing. And it is important to think about, you know, if this is something that you find valuable and meaningful, how can you create space in your life that allows an opportunity for you to actually dedicate some mental energy to that sort of creative pursuit? And so for a lot of the people that I talk to, it's about creating space in their life where they can actually sink into that area of interest because we all live these very busy lives. I mean, we did before COVID, but even now with COVID, we are still extremely busy and, and we can't find the time to, to engage in the things that are meaningful to us. And so how can we reconceptualize our day, schedule our lives um, in an in a altered sense so that we can create space for ourselves? Um, I think a lot of people waste time and energy in ways that they aren't truly aware of. So they might, you know, look at their phone first thing in the morning, open their inbox, and they get flooded with all of these unread messages. And they think, oh my gosh, I have to do X, Y, Z. Then they start feeling overwhelmed. And they can't sort of structure their day because there's already so much on their plate before they've even, for some people, before they've even gotten out of bed. And so just in that specific example, I like to suggest to people to not open their inbox first thing in the morning, to actually spend some quiet time as they have their morning beverage, coffee, tea, water, whatever it is, but also just to have that, that mental space of, I want to spend a little bit of time on my creative writing and, and know that it doesn't need to be this huge, long um, time commitment. I think a lot of people get in their own way and thinking that if I'm going to be this creative writer, I have to spend hours and hours doing this and I don't have that time. And so I, I invite the listeners to think about it on a smaller scale. So if you want to do some creative writing in the morning, Think about just starting with five minutes. And, and the idea is like our brain says five minutes, that's crazy. That's nothing. I can't do that. And we think we have to spend an hour or two hours to make sort of a dent on our goals and our ambitions. And I want to really change people's thinking and mindset around that. Because if you engage in five, 10, 15 minutes of creative writing, you're going to be surprised at how much you get done and how creative you feel and how fulfilled you feel just spending that little bit of time doing that and by spending that small amount of time it becomes very realistic for you because you can spend five minutes and then you start to build that habit of I wake up in the morning 
and pour myself my hot morning beverage. And then I do a little bit of creative writing before I get into my inbox and before I get sort of distracted with everything else that's going on. Mm, that's such good advice. I have read about the the writer's way or the artist's way. I can't remember the name of the book, but it is a bestseller and it talks about how one should wake up and then put pen to paper and just dump just whatever comes into your mind not and and that that serves both as a creative outlet and it's therapeutic to mm-hmm. to just journal and write about what's on your mind so i love that you counsel your patients to do that and you also have an online community can you describe that and what what participants get out of that community Yeah, so my online community is, um, are you talking about the social media community? Uh, Well, it's Brainscape and it says join our, on your website, it says join, join us now to join the conversation. So (laughs) yeah. yeah. So it's Brainshape, <laughs> Brainshape.ca. And so when I talk about joining the community on the website, I'm talking about um, joining us on all of the social media platforms that mm-hmm. I engage in and that I, I provide and write and, and contribute content to. So Got if it. you okay. find me on social media, you can find, you know, posts and captions and insightful little tidbits um, and also some videos and short little clips that I create, depending on the platform, I'll upload that as well. Um, but for people that want to get engaged with the material, the best thing to do is actually to join my email list, um, which people can- Which I just did on your website. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. Because my email list is how I actually connect people to all of the sort of content and exciting events and, and, and contributions that I'm, I'm giving to my community. So sometimes I'll host, you know, virtual workshops over Zoom. I'll have uh, meet and greets. I'll invite people to come and, and get some personalized guidance and support. And so whenever there's something happening in um, on the BrainShape platform, I, I send out a notification to the email list. Um, and so people get um, every single week, they'll get an email about the, the most recent Brain Shape podcast episode that comes out because we release new episodes every single week. Um, so they'll get that. But so there's at least one email that'll come out every single week. But if there's anything else in terms of online virtual events, they'll also get those emails about that as well. Wonderful. And I see that you have an online course called Optimize Your Energy. Can you yes. tell us about that? Yeah, so Optimize Your Energy, as you mentioned, is an online course. And so what I do is I teach people the various sort of steps in my signature methodology, which is the brain vitality method. And so it's really just walking people through the steps needed to change their lifestyle. Because as we discussed at the beginning of this conversation, people know what they need to do to feel better. They know they need to eat better and sleep better and reduce stress and and manage their overwhelm, but they don't know how to actually start to implement that. And so inside the course, I teach people sort of the scientific rationale for creating those changes in their life, but I also teach people how to actually integrate it into their lives because that's the missing 
peace for a lot of people um, is, is the ability and the knowledge and the internal understanding that I can make these small shifts in my life and it can make a difference. And I want to remind anyone who's listening to this that consistency is really the, the path forward. So I think a lot of people think, you know, I need to exercise or eat well, and they try to do it for a few days or a week and they don't feel different, nothing's changed. And, and so they kind of give up on, their, on themselves because they wonder what the point is. But it takes a little bit of time, one, to really truly integrate a change in habit. Um, so for example, if you engage in or, or practice gratitude, the first few times that you do it, you might be sitting in front of your journal being like, what am I going to write about that I'm grateful for? I don't even know. I don't feel any different. This is dumb. I'm just picking things out of the air that I say I'm thankful for, like, okay. But for it to actually start to change how your brain is wired and change sort of your, your perception of the world around you, you have to engage in that practice regularly for at least 21 days. And so anyone who's sort of changing their behaviors, I want to remind them that feeling the difference that's associated with making those changes will take some time to come to fruition. And so it's really important that you stay consistent with your behavior change so that you ultimately can see the impact, the positive impact on those changes of moving your body every day. Um, and I don't like to say exercise because I think when people think of exercise, it's a very narrow-minded view on what that means. I just say, you know, move your body, whatever that looks like to you, even if it's going for a walk, even if it's walking up and down the stairs in your house. Um, if you are someone who maybe is um, having a little bit of struggle when it comes to their mobility, but how do you just practice these behaviors that can ultimately help you feel better and know that the changes that you see will take some time to come to fruition. And what I know to be true is that people often don't want to continue with their behavior change until they can actually witness and experience the, the, the results of those their effort and, and those behavior changes. And so I encourage people to stick with it because once you start to actually feel the difference in your life, that's when it's easy to continue on with those, those healthy changes. But at the beginning, it feels hard and, and we wonder why we're doing it. And so I just want to encourage people to, to stick with it and to know that, that ultimately feeling those changes, um, it, it isn't just a, an immediate process. And I think as human beings, we're often, um, we often are really impatient, you know, and we want our results yesterday. And so it's important to know that we have that mindset as just human beings in general, and that we have to just be patient with ourselves. Wow. Yes, that is so true. You really help to to break it down into manageable chunks that anyone can use. And I'm grateful for that. And I really do love your podcast, not just because I was lucky enough to be on it, but <laughs> it has a lot of advice and helpful information for um, living a healthier life. So thank you for that light that you bring to the world. Oh, it is my pleasure. It's such an honor to 
know that there's all these people out in the world that are tuning in and listening. So your episode is actually episode number 99. And you talk all about your your wonderful book. And it was such an inspiring conversation. Um, But it is um, a labor of love. (laughs) A lot of work goes into it. But I'm so honored to have so many wonderful people on the podcast sharing their expertise and their knowledge. So it's, it's just such a excellent sort of use of not only my knowledge coming from my background as a PhD in psychology, but also leveraging the insights from all of these experts and authors and creatives that I have on the show. Wow. Well, keep on keeping on. And the question that I love to ask all of our guests is, what do you do to become your best version? Yes, that's such an important and wonderful question. Um, The thing that I do that helps me sort of stay grounded in my best version and something that I've actually only more recently begun to uh, implement more is really tuning in and being honest with myself about what I need to do to protect my energy. So people have probably heard about, you know, creating healthy boundaries around relationships and, and the ways that we spend our time. But I, I've become in the last couple of years, and it's kind of because of COVID, to be honest, I've become acutely aware of the activities that I do, the people I engage in, and how I sort of exist in my everyday experience, what I do that either gives me energy or drains my energy. And I don't have any judgments around, you know, if I'm doing something that drains my energy, I've just sort of become a conscious observer of that experience and saying to myself, oh, this is, you know, really making my energy feel like it's draining out of me. And I can't, when I don't have my internal energy, I can't do the creative work and and spend all of the, the valuable mental resources that I have on creating content for the BrainShape platform. And and to me, that's a valuable use of my mental energy. And so I've become a very keen uh, protector of my mental resources and really identifying, oh, when I do this, I feel really good and energized. When I do this other thing, I don't feel energized. I feel drained and overwhelmed. And I, I really have become a huge protector of that sort of internal energy and I'm not apologizing for it. So I may in the past have been, you know, oh, what if I hurt someone's feelings or what if they don't like me putting up this boundary? And now I'm sort of just um, unapologetic about it, unapologetically protecting my energy and, and doing the things in my daily life, like going for a walk in the middle of the afternoon because of how it makes me feel. And so I might go as far as putting a block in my calendar. So you can't book a session with me during a certain time in the afternoon, because I know I need that time to replenish myself and and fill my cup back up. Wow, that is such an important, important way to put your oxygen mask on first and thereby be a better friend, employee, any, anything 
yeah. if you take care of yourself first. And I so appreciate that tip for me and my listeners, because um, so many times we get on these sort of uh, hamster wheels of life and forget and forget that we need yeah. to protect our own energy. And while my um, sponsor tells me no is a complete sentence, I've never been able to just say no if someone asked me to do something. But what I have been able to say now is, no, I have another commitment. And I don't owe anyone an explanation of what that commitment is, because a commitment can simply be, as you say, to replenishing my own energy. Yes, exactly. And that's why I think for me, this has become a more recent realization because of COVID. Because Mm -hmm. obviously we sort of became entrenched in this experience of needing to socially distance and, and because it was, you know, indoor gathering is, is, is risky at various times throughout the last couple of years. And because of that, it became a different conversation around, you know, am I going to hang out with these people and engage in these zoom calls every few days and realizing that. I can say no, and I don't have to feel bad about it. But, and that's why I'm like sort of this eternal optimist and always looking for the bright side. And obviously a a global pandemic is a very dark cloud to live under, but that's the silver lining for me that it, it sort of empowered me to say no to situations that and not feel bad about it and and just say you know I don't feel like doing that and and I don't have to explain myself um, any further than that and so my hope for myself is that I take this with me when this is all behind us and that I still um, protect my energy and 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 continue to engage in the experiences and the social interactions that really light me up and and don't leave me feeling drained and and bad about myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's all consider the pandemic a great reset in our lives and take these lessons and use them. Use them to make our lives better. So Andrea, thank you so much for being on this podcast. And you can check the show notes to learn more about her really important healing work. And join us next week for another guest on Becoming Your Best Version. Thank you so much.